0: If you haven't yet made it over to check out my new podcast, The Raven, don't worry. I'm going to drop episode one for you right here. While you listen, search The Raven in your podcast app so you can subscribe and listen to episode two, which is also available right now. Here's episode one of The Raven. Enjoy. You're listening to The Raven, a production of Tenderfoot TV, in association with Odyssey. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the podcast. This podcast also contains subject matter which may not be suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Handsome. Am I on the speaker? Yeah. How long you plan on stay in Akron for? Well, uh, I don't know. I'm talking with a man named Handsome Lawler. Handsome lives in Akron, Ohio, and I'm hoping to visit him soon. I'm looking into his brother's death and want to interview a few people from his neighborhood. I mean, I should plan on coming up to Akron soon. While you're still there, I can just bring my recording stuff and so we should just start knocking on doors. What do you think? Yeah, hell
1: yeah. This shit. we want the real facts
0: now. I want to know everything. Yeah, OK. Handsome is eager to guide me in Akron because he wants answers too. He wants to know who killed his brother and his brother's friend and why. And he wants to know if the greatest middle linebacker in football's history was involved in the crime. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis and two friends are charged with murder. Atlanta police say they've connected Baltimore Ravens linebacker to the double homicide in Buckhead. His lawyers say everything the Ravens linebacker did was aimed at stopping the fight that led to the murder. And the truth is as elusive as ever. The murders took place after the 2000 Super Bowl in Atlanta. Lewis, the 13-time Pro Bowler and Hall of Famer, has only addressed the killings on a few select occasions. One of those came in 2013, when he said this to his former teammate, Shannon Sharp.
1: God has never made a mistake. That's just who he is. And if our system took the time to really investigate
0: what happened, maybe they would have got to the bottom line truth. Lewis is right. The system never properly investigated this crime. So now, we're going to. From Tenderfoot TV, I'm Tim Livingston, and this is The Raven. Episode 1 – Who is that dude?
1: Finally.
0: Finally. All right, let's do this thing. Where are we right now? Handsome and I have been talking on the phone for months. This is our first time meeting in person. It's my first time in Akron, the town best known for producing NBA superstar LeBron James. I'm
1: LeBron James
0: from Akron, Ohio, from the inner city. I'm not even supposed to be here. Driving through Akron, I begin to understand why LeBron invests so much in his hometown. I feel like I've been transported back to the 1960s. Everyone and everything feels stuck in the past. I, just did. But, uh, I meet Handsome in a gravel lot off the highway. He's building out a pop up shop that will specialize in exotic snacks. Handsome's Aunt Cindy, who I've spoken to once before, arrives a few minutes later. Cindy was present at most of the trial and is considered the family expert on the case.
1: My nephew, they called him the uh, master barber.
0: Cindy tells me about her nephew, Richard Lawler, and his friend, Jason Baker, and how Akron was never the same after their deaths. As she recounts the crime, she begins to tell me about her experience at the trial in Atlanta. She tells me how everything was corrupt, everything went wrong, and then she tells me this.
1: See, Ray Lewis, the one, to stab Richard to death. The guys helped my nephew up like that by the tree, and that's when Ray Lewis came in and went to stab him. That's facts.
0: Actually, those aren't facts. The facts in this story are few and far between. The real takeaway from Cindy's version of events is that the victim's family has spent over two decades believing that Ray Lewis got away with murder. And the truth is there are a lot of people who believe the same. So many so that over the years, Ray Lewis became a punchline.
1: And then he said this, he was fined over $250,000. The largest fine in NFL history
0: not related to substance abuse. <laughs> oh, my God, well that's good. I mean, it's not as bad as substance abuse. It's only
1: the murder Tell I me, mean, this guy shouldn't be like playing Monday Night Football. Look at this tackle! Whoa! That's like
0: Ray Lewis, except he didn't kill him. But in the pregame interview, Ray Lewis offered up a novel defense for his actions. To the family, if you knew, if you really knew the way God works,
1: He don't use people who commits anything like that for His glory.
0: No way. It's the total opposite. Wow, if that's the case, <laughs> criminal trials should go a lot faster. <laughs> Your Honor, would God allow a murderer to go to 13 Pro Bowls? I uh, rest my faith. Lewis walked away from the trial with a slap on the wrist. After pleading guilty to a misdemeanor, Lewis walked right back onto the football field. And that season, Lewis's team, the Baltimore Ravens, won the Super Bowl. Lewis was named Defensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl MVP. Since retiring, Lewis has worked as an analyst at CBS, Fox, and ESPN, made cameos in movies like Draft Day with Kevin Costner, and starred in advertisements for brands like Old Spice, Under Armour, and Madden. Ray Lewis, on the surface, hasn't suffered since the murders of Richard Lawler and Jason Baker. He's thrived.
1: I remember when the incident in Atlanta happened. Yep. How did you overcome it? Do you think it'll ever be behind you in the minds of people? How, how, do, you, how do you handle it? What's you know your what? perception? You know, I realize now that some things, some pains, you have to go through. Yeah. You can't go around. Yeah. You can't take a detour. Yeah. You got to go through it. And if I had to go through that to be sitting right here, then so be it. You'll realize I'm the same man I was then. I just cut loose some people that weren't supposed to be on my train. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Most people familiar with this story know that Ray Lewis was put on trial for murder. What few understand, including Aunt Cindy, is that the prosecution didn't believe that Lewis killed anyone. All the gods, Golden County Superior Court and judicial Service now in session. Honorable Judge Addison Bonner Since 1970, the number of inmates in Georgia has increased 671%. Georgia likes putting people in prison, and the law allows the state to throw a lot of people in jail at once through its controversial party-to-a-crime law. Several Georgia lawyers I've asked about the state's party-to-a-crime law have given the getaway driver example. A guy is driving the getaway car in an armed robbery, The getaway driver's buddy goes into a bank, gets nervous, shoots and kills a security guard. The now murderer sprints back to the car, jumps in, tells the getaway driver to floor it. And for the sake of this story, let's make the getaway driver 18 years old, straight out of high school, had no real idea what he was getting into. Later, the killer and the getaway driver both get caught. The getaway driver in this scenario, in Georgia, could be charged with murder and receive a life sentence He was party to the crime. Ray Lewis's attorneys claimed that Lewis watched the fight unfold from his limo, that he was a bystander. Prosecutors alleged that Lewis was an active participant in the melee. They didn't think Lewis stabbed anyone, but it didn't matter. He was party to the crime. So what happened that night in Atlanta? Well, it all started with one of the greatest Super Bowls in NFL history.
1: kickoff for Super Bowl 34.
0: The altercation between Ray Lewis's group and a group that included Richard Lawler and Jason Baker, which we'll call the Akron Group, took place around 4 a.m., the morning after the 2000 Super Bowl. Ray Lewis did not play in the Super Bowl. He was in town for the festivities. The game was Titans-Rams, an instant classic where Titans receiver Kevin Dyson came a yard short of Super Bowl immortality. He caught by Dyson! Can he get It was a big night for the city of Atlanta. The city's last major event, the 1996 Summer Olympics, was remembered for the bombing in Olympic Park that killed one and left over 100 people injured. The 2000 Super Bowl was a chance for redemption. Atlanta was eager to prove it was one of the country's premier cities, a place where everyone should want to live. Some members of the Akron Group lived in Atlanta, including Richard Lawler and Jason Baker. But most of the Akron Group which included up to 40 people, descended upon Atlanta that weekend to promote a rapper, Chino Nino. The Akron Group spent the night partying at the Cobalt Lounge, in Atlanta's upscale Buckhead neighborhood. When leaving the club around 4 a.m., Chino Nino and a member of Ray Lewis's group, Reginald Oakley, started arguing. It's unclear at this point how things escalated, but they did. And seconds later, Lawler and Baker had each suffered multiple stabs from punch blades, knives small enough to be held between a person's fingers, a weapon that effectively turns punches into stabs. Outside the Cobalt Lounge nightclub in Atlanta, just hours after the 2000 Super Bowl, a fight breaks out and when the dust settles, Jason Baker and Richard Lawler are stabbed to death left in the street. I came to Akron to meet Handsome in person and to connect with members of his brother's group from that night.
1: about five, excited
0: One of those men is named Zig.
1: So we needed Zig for real. That's why I was telling you he's a big piece of the, you gonna help us.
0: Zig has never spoken publicly about the murders, but he was with Lawler, Baker, and the rest of the Akron group for the entire weekend. Handsome says that Zig's willing to talk today and that he has information that he's never shared with anyone. At dusk, Handsome, his aunt Cindy and I arrive in an empty building. After a few minutes, Zig pulls his black Range Rover into the driveway.
1: What What's up,
0: This building, like Handsome's pop-up shop, is under construction.
1: we work still. We'll be up and ready about two more weeks.
0: We give Aunt Cindy the lone chair. The rest of us sit on cinder blocks as Zig starts telling me about Atlanta and his job at the Upstart record label that promoted Chino Nino.
1: I was just like a love brother of the company. We was going to like different events, Super Bowl weekend, uh, All-Star weekend, doing promotions with the album and everything. And then um, that weekend, was, uh, it was in Atlanta. And we actually had a house in Atlanta, which we were staying in. But yeah, we just really kicked it that Friday night. We all went out and everything. We kicked it and had a good time and everything, And you know. Saturday afternoon, before the club, now we had went to Lennox Mall.
0: Lennox is a high-end mall in the middle of Buckhead.
1: You know how you look at somebody watching you? I looked over in the corner and I kept telling, bro, I'm like, bro, man, this a football player or something, man, this dude play football or something, man. he do something, he, you know, he was in shape. You know how you could tell when a person is shape. I'm looking like, man, this dude work out or something. I'm like, who is that dude? And he was with two little dudes, and they were smugging us the whole time. Man, i never forget, me and Big Bro was talking to Ray Kwan from the Wu Tang. And he kept looking too. He was looking like, dude, I don't know what's up with dude. You know what I'm saying? Dude over there looking, you know, crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they kept looking at us. And all time was that nigga Ray Lewis.
0: Everything I've read says that the altercation outside the Cobalt Lounge was the first and only time that Ray Lewis's group and the Akron Group crossed paths. But Zig's telling me that's not true. According to Zig, the two little dudes from Lewis's group, Joseph Sweeting and Reginald Oakley, were mugging, mad-dogging, attempting to intimidate the Akron Group in Lennox Mall. This prior connection is important because Sweeting and Oakley, the men who prosecutors believed did the stabbings did not arrive in Atlanta with punch blades. They purchased them the day before the murders at a local sports authority, hours after Zig alleges the group's locked eyes at Lenox Mall.
1: After opening statements, an employee of a local so sporting goods store, said, well, finger code the as the nice.
0: person who bought two knives.
1: Um, I talked to him, I was just making a conversation and I asked him, um, who are you going to kill with this knife? And he said, is that the only thing you can do with the knife? I said, well, I know you're not going to cut tomatoes
0: with it. Jurors ultimately ruled that Sweeting and Oakley acted in self-defense. So were the knives bought for protection, as Ray Lewis's group claimed, or for violence? So at the mall, it was you, Chino Nino, and a couple other friends from Akron. Chino, say anything
1: to him at the mall? No, no, nobody never said nothing to them at the mall. They were just written and mugging us the whole time, watching us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And we keep looking, I'm like, man, bro, what's these
0: dudes? All right. Keep watching us like this. You believe 20 years later that them noticing you in Lennox and noticing your cars and your flash and your clothes, that later on we all in the Cobalt. They recognized you guys and targeted you guys. Do you believe that? Yeah, yeah. ain't no question. Yeah, ain't no question about that, no doubt. Yeah, oh, hey, we hey. were standing out. Everybody
1: in here ran about man about, about at least $10,000 worth of jewelry and everything else. Me, Coach, we buying the bar up, man. You hear me?
0: Everyone in the Akron Group, through business ventures that Zig won't disclose, had the money to dress like Ray Lewis. It's an important note when you consider the dynamic of the weekend. It wasn't just Chino Nino. All of the Akron guys were balling. $10,000 worth of jewelry each, according to Zig. Every guy in Ray Lewis's group, minus Ray Lewis, did not have a lot of money. They wore normal clothes and sported average chains. Zig says that the Akron group's flamboyance made Lewis's friends feel insecure. The mad dogging to Zig seemed like Sweeting Oakley's way of saying we don't have your coats or your jewelry, but we got Ray Lewis, and we'll kick y'all's ass. I'll
1: never forget this, man. I'm, I'm walking uh my little cousin. She went, she wanted to go to the bathroom, because it's girls and everybody here. It's a, it's, it's about at least about 40 of us. Yeah. We deep. And I'll never forget a girl walk up to me. She like, baby, I mean, she was like, I don't know you, baby, but you need to watch your back, because she was like, it's some boy, it's some dudes in here that's watching y'all, keep looking at y'all, and they plotting and talking about y'all.
0: Shortly after receiving the warning, Zig left the Cobalt Lounge and went to a different club.
1: We leave and uh, get the phone call. They're back, back there, back there fighting. And we turn back around, and, um, and we see the police had everything blacked out. To be honest with you, man, they just remembered who Chino was. Rich and I ain't never had nothing to do with, right. with him. Never. Yeah. For and real, that's for what real. people Chino asked did yeah, that's... and Ray Lewis know each other, they said He just that remembered him from the mall, from the incident, and from the change. You know what I'm saying? Said, what was wearing.
0: The main thing yeah. I'm curious about from you, having been mm-hmm. here the last 20 years, are you still close with Chino? I, I want to understand who he is. Well, you know, you gotta ask him that. We family, we, I mean, we all family. We always gonna
1: be family. I'm doing this for the, on the strength of this family, you know? You know, I would never do nothing like this. I don't do nothing like this. I'm just doing this on the strength of him. Because, you know, I was there and I know what happened.
0: I ask Zig if he thinks Chino Nino, who hasn't publicly addressed the murder since the trial, will talk with me. Zig shakes his head. Forget talking with me. All these years later, Zig still can't believe that Chino Nino talked with the cops.
1: I said, bro, you did all of that. You did all of that to get up on on the stand and you let a man walk free free who done killed your partner, your your brother, your family and everything.
0: If you witnessed this crime, would you have testified if you saw Richard killed? No, no. You would have said that? No. No, I wouldn't have been there.
1: I'm not getting on no stand testifying or nothing, period. I'm more street rounded to what he was at the time, active and everything, you know what I'm saying? To make this become a live man, really live man, you have to go get a team. To make this make sense.
0: The next day, Handsome came to our Airbnb, a small home on a placid lake, about 15 minutes outside of Akron. I mean, do we have a sense of who he is? Should we maybe call? Yeah. Handsome and I are sitting in the living room, game planning on how to broach this subject with Chino Nino.
1: Yeah, Chino, I don't,
0: I don't know, because
1: I never hear him talk about the subject or anything about it. I'm hoping that he do just, you know, be a man and be like, okay, this shit was 20 years ago, bro, okay. I
0: know you really want to know and understand. I think that's it. I mean, I think you have to, if you feel confident, and then I think we just got to try and meet up with them and do it in person. Let me see.
1: What up, bro? What's the deal, Fully? What's the deal? Oh, shit, same shit, man. What the hell you got going? Oh, man, just cooling. Shit, man, I'm putting some shit together, man. I need you, man. What you need, bro? I need you to motherfucking, uh, you know, talk about that bullshit, man. Talk about that shit, man. Are you ready to get in there? Man, I'm in there. Whenever, man, I'm ready. I got my peoples here from down the way and shit. Uh, whenever, wherever you want to link up at. feel me? we can link right, up. Uh, shit, just, um, just call. I hope the
0: help. All right, bet. Oh. My hope in coming to Akron was that with Handsome as our guide, we could get to the right people. People that wouldn't talk with me, a stranger, but would talk with Handsome, a member of the community. Richard Lawler's little brother.
1: There you go. He's open. But I think he think I'm talking about something else.
0: There were only a few witnesses that placed Lewis in the middle of the fight. Chino Nino was one of them. But there was an issue with the rapper's testimony. Chino Nino originally told investigators that he witnessed Lewis punch Lawler. But later, he contacted investigators and revised his statement. He said that he was mistaken. He told them he didn't see Lewis throw a punch. And had only seen the linebacker quote tussling with lawler defense attorneys attacked chino nino's credibility and convinced jurors that he wasn't reliable a vital witness for the prosecution chino nino's testimony fell flat all these years later i just want to know what chino nino saw that night most important thing that we can get out of him is just the real story see if he's willing to talk after 20 years i don't think he's addressed this once since it all happened so it'll be interesting he's been a rapper he's been making music the last 20 years i don't think he's made a song about it could be wrong and uh man i just have no idea what we're going into right now (laughs) no idea what this is gonna it's 11, 12 p.m. when I park outside Chino Nino's house. There we go. Chino Nino lives in an older two-story home in a quiet neighborhood in Akron. I don't know what I expected an Akron rapper's house to look like, but this isn't it. Handsome, who followed us here, goes in first to talk with Chino, one-on-one. it? my brothers. All right. What'd he say? He said two seconds. Handsome's two seconds stretches into 15 minutes, and I'm beginning to think that Chino Nino got cold feet. Until finally, Handsome pokes his head outside.
1: And I got my camera crew and my reporter. Your shoes off. It's all love. Yes, take your shoes off. It's all family. We all good.
0: What's up, Joe? Tim. Tim, nice to meet you, nice to to me. man.
1: Man, very cool. Very cool. Ready for it, but he wasn't ready. So we good. We good.
0: Coming up on the Raven. I will tell you something that happened in that case that I don't believe I've ever have happened in another case. Once we got each and every person identified that was in the limousine, each and every one hired criminal defense lawyers. I'm trying to picture the street and the limo. I guess Do you have a piece of paper and a pen. Yeah, can we sketch this real quick? All uh, right, so that that's what I can remember. Big cases make for big mistakes by the police and the investigators. Look what happened in O.J. Simpson. And look what happened in Ray Lewis.
1: Part of the reason that we moved the investigation completely out of the district attorney's office was because of information being leaked out of our homicide office to NFL security.
0: The Raven is a production of Tenderfoot TV and Journeyman in association with Odyssey. Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay are executive producers on behalf of Tenderfoot TV. I'm the executive producer on behalf of Journeyman. Alex Vespestead is our lead producer and editor on behalf of Tenderfoot Labs. Patty Cotter is our producer. Tracy Kaplan is our supervising producer. Paul Kucheri and Sydney Evans are associate producers. Original music is by Makeup and Vanity Set. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Cooper Skinner and Dayton Cole. Cover design and illustration by Mr. Soul. Trial archival provided by Court TV. Special thanks to Oren Rosenbaum and Grace Royer at UTA. Beck Media and Marketing, The Nord Group, Ninning Moran, and the Moran Family. Russell Rathner, Alyssa Gozarka, James Yu, and Todd Baines. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. For more podcasts like The Raven, search Tenderfoot TV on your favorite podcast app or visit tenderfoot.tv. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Raven. If you want to listen to next week's episode right now, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus for early access. Tenderfoot Plus is available on Apple Podcasts or tenderfootplus.com.